Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness, my sex and my happiness, and my guest's sex and happiness, everybody's sex and happiness. Uh, Today, I think today is going to be a very important show for anybody who's single or anybody who... uh, is, you know, like recently single, widowed, divorced, um, separated, been alone for a long time. I just, this is, today's message is about tantric dating. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it really resonates with me. And um, I'm, I, I really want you to listen up or share this show with anyone that you know. Let's say you're in a happy uh, some type of some form of relationship, but you know others who are not. This may help them. So I'm asking you to forward the show to them, uh, and ha- it may very well help them. Anyway, let me bring on my guest. I want to introduce her first. Her name is Catherine Allman, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a spiritual psychotherapist and a director of the Transpersonal Counseling Center in Los Angeles, California. She's had advanced training in traditional psychology as well as the wisdom traditions. Catherine lived for a year at the Osho Ashram in India, which is a full-time immersion in Tantra and meditation. And she has studied and practiced Tantra, love, sex, intimacy, and seduction with numerous teachers. So Catherine, welcome to Sex and Happiness. Hi, Lori. It's a great pleasure to be here. Yes, yeah, a pleasure for you to be here, too, after a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. You sent me your book, Tantra da- Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process, quite some time ago, and finally, we're here together on the show. Finally, we're here. We met at the Tantra Festival in, uh, in no, Southern, was it Southern or Northern California? Anyway. It was, I think it was Middle California. It was in Fresno, <laughs> or outside of Fresno. It's kind of Southern, but... yeah. I call it central, but yeah, and I'm thrilled that you followed up with me and um, and brought, this is so uh, rich, what we, what you're talking about, tantric dating is such a rich subject that I'm excited and um, I'm thrilled that we're connecting. So before we get actually into the subject, Catherine, how would you say you got into this? Like, not just everybody goes to the Osho Ashram in India. Of course, I've been there five or six times, but I haven't stayed a year. I have friends who were with Osho for 10 years, but you've been on the tantric path and then you were moved to go to India. How did you get on this path? I don't think, you know, that your guidance counselor in seventh grade (laughs) told you you were going to do this. (laughs) I think I I was kind of born to it. I, um, I was uh, into the alternative religion and, and stuff. I was a little younger than the hippies, but I was very entranced by them. And I remember reading my first book on Tantra Yoga in the 70s. And then um, there wasn't a lot around then. No. 
And then I started reading Osho and uh, the Neo-Tantra, Osho, all this sacred path just completely resonated with me as this is, how else could it possibly be? And then I uh, started studying Tantra more formally with uh, the Muirs uh, in the 90s. And then when I lost my corporate career, which was such a great blessing in 99, I, st I decided I'd always wanted to go to India. So I went and like many people, I just stayed. Mm. And living in that uh, Tantra ashram for a year, men and women interacted in a way that I had never experienced in the West. I had experienced it a little bit maybe in Tantra workshops, but not uh, living a life of men and women interacting honestly, lovingly, in a sex positive way, uh, which became the best year of my life until recently. But then when I came back to the West and started dating, I just got very confused and couldn't figure out how to put the two together. Mm. So you you had kind of a quandary there because you came from a free and very loving and sexual environment where people understood a different gradual set and then coming back into the West and tr and having to play games or trying to figure out internet dating or whatever, I'm assuming, I, you'll have to tell me, but trying to to map on what you learned in india and what you were what you had a strong leaning towards into a, a regular dating set is probably one of the most difficult things anybody could do oh my gosh it was such a culture shock and i couldn't figure it out and i think there's a lot of things about the a conventional dating process that's set up to make you think well you're doing it wrong well you're not the right kind of person well nobody's really looking for you well, you're not acting right. It's just all this stuff in the conventional world set up that if you somehow don't know how to do it, you're not the right candidate or you're too old or you're too young or you're not the right body size or you're not this or that. So I was trying to fix some of those things, but still remembering what it was like when it wasn't like that. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I mean, I've had those same concerns <laughs> much of my life. I've always been kind of too much. And then Tantra made more too much. So yeah. when I moved here to Arizona, it's funny, I, I went on a dating site or two and I met probably 100 men in my first three months or, or six months in Arizona, like 100. Sometimes I just did three coffee dates a day. And I just, I met very nice men, but not, I mean, none of them could deal with me. And um, <laughs> And I, I, they didn't attract me at all, even when they were very attractive and lovely people. Um, we just weren't on the same wavelength at all. So, um, so I get it. I mean, it's, and that's like a full-time job, by the way. <laughs> it was a full-time job. I didn't know you had that experience because that's what, exactly what I did. I just threw myself into it. <laughs> there were times when I would look at someone over, you know, at Starbucks and go, you are not at all comfortable right now, are you? <laughs> I'm bringing this coffee to a close. <laughs> yeah. Let alone you should try to speak honestly about anything, right? Yeah, very difficult. Very, yeah. very difficult. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand um, what you went through. Now, just run us back a little bit before, though. You worked in corporate America 
for how long? Because I did too. So I, I want to just. Oh, I was kind of a, probably as you as an undercover agent. I was, uh, I, was <laughs> I was working in uh, psychiatric mental health, Ooh. corporate mental health, because I had gotten my uh, my training in uh, in counseling and mental health really early, and then I started this career I didn't expect to be in where I was working in hospitals and I started getting promoted and found out I had a business aptitude. So I was running around in the little suits and the little uh, unsexy shoes and uh, <laughs> giving, you know, telling people what to do and running programs. And then I started flying around the country doing consultation on programs and all the while I was this, uh, this secret uh, spiritual person and that that was uh that felt difficult and those were the days you couldn't even talk about yoga without being suspect Remember right that? i understand actually it was in corporate america around the same time so i totally get it um yeah yeah i i get it i i worked for an international software company uh -huh. and then i actually worked for landmark education ah. which is the landmark forum and um I was very, very successful, but I, I was definitely in my male polarity. I was about as much in my male polarity as I possibly could be. And I wore not only suits like you're describing, but I wore ties and kept my <laughs> collar buttoned up to the top so that people wouldn't know how really internally I thought crazy I was. <laughs> so, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So great. So we have that in common. And I just, you know, for anyone listening who's had that experience, like they're undercover with who they really are, both their spirituality and their sexuality. And then, uh, then they have this awakening and they can't go back. <laughs> they can't go back to the corporate world. Anyway, that's what happened for me. So thank God. Yeah. Although I'm really grateful because I did learn a lot about business and about how people work. And I did also learn not to be afraid of power, supposedly powerful men. So none of them scare me anymore. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Wonderful. So then we move forward and you came back and you started dating. And, and then I'm, I'm sure that this book uh, grew out of this. So, so how did you, you know, give me the segue you were dating, you were meeting lots of people, you were, you were, you went through the, I'm not right, I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, especially, I'm too old. Especially too old is what you're told, you know, and you, you don't look right and all this. And I actually uh, had a young, fr a younger friend who just turned 40, we were BFFs, and he was studying pickup, uh, you know, how to pick up women. Yeah. And so I was going on all these dates and he was going on all these dates. And um, so I, just like you, I was meeting three or four men a week and, and uh, I was trying to learn to do it differently and trying to learn how to choose or whatever. So he and I started having conversations every day because he's a spiritual person as well. And so out of our conversations grew this idea of, well, we can date tantrically. So I want to tell you a story, for example, you may have done an exercise like this in one of your groups, led one or something, but I always um, try to share with the groups I'm doing now that we would, um, we would be like in a 10 day Tantra group at the ashram and 10 days there means, you know, six in the morning till three in the morning. Right. And we would be, so we would be so intimate with everyone in the group. There'd be say maybe a smaller group, 10 men, 10 women, or a larger one, 25, 25. And I remember this one exercise we did in particular where we 
um, we were naked for a lot of the groups, which helped a lot get over your um, fears of being yourself. And I remember one exercise we did where we were blindfolded and we would go up to another person and we would feel their energy. We would feel like, what's the energy between me and this other person? What is this? Is this a friendship energy? Is there sexual chemistry here? Is this luscious and soft? Is this someone I want to hold while I cry? Is this, what is the nature of this energy? Mm. And when we could do that without the, what I call the tyranny of sight or the tyranny of what we have been uh, conditioned to believe is attractive, we could really get the true sense of what is my attraction with this person? What is my real attraction? Because, you know, in the conventional world, Lori, we're, we're told we're, we have it rammed down our throat who's attractive and what's attractive. You know, Brad Pitt is attractive. Well, whether or not you think he is, that's some sort of epitome or who, whoever's younger now. And uh, some other person is, the, is who's supposed to be attractive and who we're all supposed to find attractive. And what I found through these exercises is, Several things. One is that my uh, real, if I tune into my body and that sixth sense, my sense of who's attractive may be very different than that. Mm-hmm. My truth about attraction and my truth about comfort and my truth, uh, the other person's truth. And then the second important thing I learned from this exercise was that when we took our blindfolds off, we were all in love with each other. It hadn't mattered before we started what that how that person fit on the main mainstream society's attraction scale everyone was delicious everyone was so attractive and so sexy and so much better looking than we had imagined before when we were looking with the eyes of the mainstream culture that's so good and you know Mm, there's something else. There's not only that, that you got rid of the visual barrier, but the other thing is that when oxytocin is being produced in your body, you become more attractive anyway. Oh. You yourself become more attractive and more open to loving. Beautiful. So it's both and it's both a chemical response, which doesn't have to do with visual. And it's the whole it's the whole ex- experience that you described, which is so rich. And that's so beautiful. So when we're in that oxytocin state, we're more likely to find a lover than when we're in a judgmental state of, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to find you attractive or you don't meet my criteria, uh, the society's criteria or whatever. Right. Which is really the stance that the conventional dating is encouraging everyone to take. So one thing I talk about in my workshop is, the conventional world is encouraging you to take a non-loving approach to find love. And therefore it's nearly impossible. So I have people in a city of 10 million like Los Angeles can't find anybody here and think they may need to leave Los Angeles because there's nobody here worthy of love. And it's because we're going out, you know, I have, listen, we're just about to take a break, but you just like hit like a hot button for me. Great. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. <laughs> I lived there for four years. Uh-huh. It's when I was in corporate America working for the software company. I came there in a relationship and the relationship ended. And I had the thought, should I stay in LA or should I leave and go back to the East Coast? 
and I sorry anyone who's listening from LA including you <laughs> I I had this thought people in warm climates now I live in Phoenix so it's kind of the same people in warm climates have their workout they have their car and the freeway they most of them have a big dog or a small dog and they don't need anyone <laughs> It's not like Boston where you have to roll to the bar and meet people to get warm in the winter <laughs> and roll out, you know, like with people, cuddling with people. You don't need those cuddles in Los Angeles and they, we don't need them in Phoenix either. <laughs> it makes it much more difficult. And the other thing was in that, back in that day when I was in L.A., which was in the 80s, I said, I'm leaving LA because I don't want to do anything surgical to my body. Mm. Like I didn't want to look different. You know what I mean? I, my, I remember my, I moved back to Washington, DC, which was one of my homes on the East Coast. I've lived in many places. And I moved back to DC and my sister who lived in Orange County called me and said, how does it feel to be back in DC? And I said, great, women have normal tits. <laughs> Anyway, that, that, that shows you like a certain, it shows you currency, like what people have going for them and what people are influenced to do in certain locales. So anyway, LA was like a hot button for me. I decided to leave. Um, but I agree with you that um, if we look at people differently, if we're, if we're educated to find a new way of connection, which is what you're offering in this book and I guess in your workshops, then people might have a much better chance. Well, Correct? what we're doing, yes, exactly. And what we're doing is we're looking for someone when we're dating, we're looking for someone to put our bodies next to, mm. but we're not asking the body if, if we connect with this person. <laughs> That's great. We're going to stop right there. That is a provocative statement. <laughs> and when we come back, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. Today, I'm talking with Catherine Allman, and we're, she just made a very provocative statement, like we're looking to connect with somebody, but we're not sure that our bodies want to connect with that person. This should have you sitting at the edge of your chair. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about what she means by that and how she means to ask the body, which is, which is in her book, and it's great stuff. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. Sexual. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it? You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? 
attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only $19.99 paperback and $14.99 ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. If you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes, and at about ten minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush and that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We're back with Sex and Happiness. And today I'm interviewing Catherine Amon. And we already we're off to a roll. We're talking about how, uh, you know, we could get, we, anyone could get crippled by uh, trying to fit themselves as a, a square peg into a round hole of what society offers on a limited basis of who, who we should date and what we should be like trying to find this person, this perfect person who could look like. Brad Pitt or Ben Affleck or J-Lo or Cameron Diaz or I don't know. I don't know who's out there now either. But, you know, we don't look like that. We look like normal people and we are. Well, I don't like to say normal. We are who we are, individual and unique. And how do we find love? So, Catherine, like enlighten us. Well, we were talking right before the break about uh, we were trying to find ultimately someone to put our bodies next to as being as pro-sexual as we are. And yet the contemporary uh, dating uh, scene is all about 
what do my eyes want? What does my pocketbook want? <laughs> what is my, what will my friends say? Uh, where will we go on vacation? Where will we travel together? Instead of sitting, what we do in Tantra, as you know, is we first sit in center, bring the air down into our bodies. We practice becoming fully embodied. We practice being in the present moment. We practice feeling our physical space. Then we start feeling when we're in the presence of other people, our energy connection with that other person. And then as you were talking about, we get the oxytocin by uh, being friendly with people. And then we're more apt to find love from a state like this rather than from a mental state of why I can't love you because you don't look like this. You don't do this. You know, I was just laughing how uh, on the online dating services, it's all no, 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 no. Sm do you smoke? No. Do you watch this TV show? No. Do you do this? No. All these things that in real life, I really wouldn't care if my partner did any of those things. That's his business. But online, I was like, no, I couldn't actually date someone who watches that kind of television. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I was starting to learn to think like a conventional dater. And it, it, was, it was shocking in contrast to the way I'd learned to be that men are very loving beings in Tantra groups. Right. It's so, it's, it's so good that you're saying this. It's really true. I mean, Quite a few years ago, when Dr. Judy Koryansky was writing The C Complete Idiot's Guide to Tantric Sex, she, at the time, interviewed my part, my then partner and me, and we were, we were a very non-logical couple. You know, we were attracted to each other like crazy, and that we didn't have, uh, we didn't have, the thing we had that was alike, the thing we had in common was the practice of Tantra. And she, you know, she interviewed us and wrote about us in that book. I think in the first edition, she wrote about us because uh, we were so non-traditional. We were so different. I was 17 years older than him. He was black. I was white. He, he came from, you know, certain background. I came from a certain other background. Um, uh, he was brought up in the in as friends with the White House. His father was courted by a certain administration. I was anti that administration. I mean, it was, <laughs> there was so many things that didn't add up, and yet, um, you know, we we were together for five and a half years and created so much, and 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 instructed so many people in tantra. And my current partner is like amazing. And, you know, again, we have, there's a big age difference and there's other things that, that are, uh, that might have not been attractive to one or the other. When, the first time we ever met, we, we were at a party, we talked about wine and then we walked away from each other. There was no, you know, exchange of numbers or anything. We just weren't interested. And yeah. then we met again in a more meaningful environment and um, he, at a one taste event and he was on the hot seat and what he said that evening, like got me wet. And I said, <laughs> I said, Oh, I better like, look at this man. And at the end of the evening, I, I said to my, I think we should have a glass of wine together and talk. Cause you said things that made my whole body stand up and perk up and go, 
you know he said he wanted to be basically what he said was in every woman there's they said to him what do you want and on the hot seat he said in every woman there's a goddess and i want to be in the presence of the goddess wow and i went up to him and i said oh i said did you ever tell that to anyone he said no <laughs> i said well then how's anyone supposed to know that's what you want and then i said by the way i am the goddess <laughs> beautiful so that's how we started beautiful. our my current relating and um you, you would not have met online however no never we couldn't who could answer that kind of <laughs> must want to be with the goddess right i've never seen that in anyone's profile certainly not people in my age category they think i'm crazy so Exactly. So in, in Tantra, we learned that, you know, what we're looking for is authentic connection. We want a partner who we can be totally ourselves with, totally comfortable. Our bodies are comfortable. Our emotions are comfortable. Our spirits are comfortable. We want this authentic connection. And we're not so concerned on how long that lasts. We can have a one night stand that's that meaningful. And of course, we'd, uh, in some of us, that's what we want. And some of us, we're happy if it extends longer or we'd like a committed partner that's like that. But that's the essence of what we're looking for. And conventional dating is not about that at all. How I could sum up conventional dating after my experiences in it and experiencing myself in it is I'm looking for someone who looks like the candidate. And then I'm trying to ignore that it doesn't feel good. I'm trying to ignore the fact that we're arguing all the time. I'm trying to ignore the fact that this sex is not completely satisfying. And I'm trying to make it work because it looks like it should work. And because my mother said it should work. And because my grandmother said it should work. And because, yeah, these are the things that, these are the things you sacrifice to be in relationship. And so people say these truisms, like all relationships are hard, all relationships take work. And I have to say, if you've done your personal work, that's not necessarily true. Relationships oh. be beautiful and flowing. Hallelujah. Is that what you mean when you say society is against love? Like you make a very broad statement here. That was a quote from uh, one of my teachers, Peter Ringel. Uh, did you do Human Awareness Institute along your path? No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, he was one of my teachers in that. And he said, he pointed out that um, society is set up, you know, it's a consumer model, as we all know. So dating is kind of set up as a consumer activity where you go onto these online sites and you shop for the make and model that you're looking for. <laughs> And then you go uh, participate in the economy of dating, which is you have to have certain clothes, you have to go to certain hot bars, you have to, uh, men have to show off how much money they have, women have to dress sexy and perhaps get surgery, as you were mentioning earlier. And there's a whole, and you have to go have drinks, and you have to go to have restaurants, and it's all oh, this whole economy about who pays. And so uh, he also pointed out that if people are happy, they're not, they're going to really fall out of that whole consumer thing. And I, I checked this out with one of my older friends who uh, just turned 70. He and his wife have been married for, I don't remember how long, 35 years. And I said, do you think that's true? This theory about society and is against love. He said, well, you know, my wife and I, we still work. We make food. We make love. We watch a little TV and that's about it. We're completely happy. 
Completely happy. Yeah. So all those external things that people are so busy being, they're being consumed by their own consumerism, I guess we could say. We could say that. And so if you, if we really separate that, we can see that, that the conventional dating model it's hard for me to see at first, but the conventional dating model is based upon a shopping model. A lot of dating coaches will advise that you make these very intricate lists and then by law of attraction, pull that person in. And that's really a, uh, a fantasy future rather than being in this present moment, which Tantra teaches us, who is there to love in this moment? Who's sitting right in front of me that mm. I can be sharing love with? That is so good. So we're going to stop here again. This is a great place to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you for your model, you know, for your tantric model, like who's sitting right in front of me that I could make love with. I could be in love with, I could be love anyway with myself. Like, how do we do that? We're going to, so we'll find out in more detail about that. And then of course, how to get in touch with you and, and how to get hands on this book because there's and and workshops because there's so many people who oh, who are so lonely and they and and this could just save them and save their whole lives from the depression of loneliness it's so good so if you just tuned in you're listening to sex and happiness i'm talking to Catherine um I forgot. Catherine Amon, and um, she's written a book, Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process. And we're just having a great time here because we both had the experience <laughs> of the other. And so we're talking about not the other now. We're now going to talk about the, the, the this. The finding. So, yeah. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with the Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. 
Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say Lori Handler's told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. All right, we're back with Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handler as I'm speaking with Catherine Almond. And um, Catherine, give us some secrets. Like, how do you go about finding that one that you could be sitting right in front of and finding love? How, how is tantric dating and tantric loving different? Well, I give a couple examples in my book, a couple exercises that people can do. One of them I call the Starbucks exercise, which is uh, you go into Starbucks. I don't know about you, Lori, but I've always, my whole life since I, probably even before puberty, well, there wasn't Starbucks then. But anyway, you go into Starbucks, who's hot? Who's hot? Who's hot in here? <laughs> so you do, or Trader Joe's or wherever you go. Yeah. So the exercise is go ahead and do that. And then after that, Start training your eye to look for who else is attractive in ways that you may not have noticed before. So you might start noticing, for example, who in here looks like they're a really kind person? Who in here looks like they might do volunteer work? And who in here looks like they uh, have a good relationship with their family? Mm. Who in here looks like they would make sacrifices for uh, their friends and loved ones? So we start looking for qu other qualities that we've been trained out of seeing as attractive. And this starts expanding our hearts and start noticing that we've been, uh, often we've been uh, conditioned to look for people who actually look dangerous and call them attractive. They look like, for example, they might be a, a womanizer or they look like they might be a heartbreaker or they look like, and we've been trained by the media and books and television and so on to notice that they have a particular type of behavior that's attractive that may or may not be a good partner for us. Exactly. Emotionally unavailable, narcissistic. That um, is attractive. Yeah, exactly. So good. Well, the, uh, may I mention another part of your book that I thought was like excellent? You had an egg meditation and it changed you. And I, I'd like to hear about that, too, because you were surprised by it yourself. I was surprised. I read this back in the corporate uh, days uh, when I was running around in my little male suits. <laughs> and I had uh, read a book by Tony Grant called Becoming a Woman. And I had thought about uh, really being yin. Uh, and I imagined, you know, how in sex ed we saw those fantastic videos where the egg comes She's sitting there glowing and glimmering and all the sperm are rushing up to her and trying to, trying to be the one, trying to be the one. And I was never that kind of girl that all the guys were all trying to get because I was very shy and I wasn't, I was average looking. 
And so I went to a, I started doing this meditation on myself as this glowing egg completed myself completely yin. And when I started going out with that full yin quality, I noticed an awful lot of sperm wriggling up to get my attention. <laughs> it was a lot more fun. Isn't that amazing? It really <laughs> is so true. And what you say, the point that you make in the book is that yang isn't looking for more yang. Yang is looking for yin. And, and, we, so, and we both embody, I think, I feel that both women and men uh, in, uh, inhabit the yin and the yang. Yes. But as women, I think we often, and as men, it's, this culture is, has uh, turned us against the whole idea of yin, of being soft, loving, and, uh, and appealing to each other. Mm. And using those qualities of attraction that are like glowing and um, radiating and radiating beauty instead of, you know, jumping out there and grabbing what we want and whatever. So I love that. I read that and I, I loved it. I also, I, I uh, sell some merchandise in my practice of teaching Tantra and in my radio shows, et cetera. And I, one of the things I sell are yoni eggs. Oh yeah. And um, I love when women buy yoni eggs and then meditate with them in and spend the night with them in their inside their vaginas and just go into that source place of, yeah, this is my womb. And this is, I'm like, I'm putting this in there to focus on the fact that I, I, this makes me unique. And um, so I love that. I loved reading about your egg meditation. Thank you. And you see that essence of yin too, is to be loving, not to go out and look for love. But just, mm-hmm. just to radiate love. And that's part of tantric dating, too, is I'm trying to bring love to every situation instead of assuming it's not here because these people don't look right. Yeah, so good. That is like, let's underscore that. That's so good. Thank you for that wisdom. So how would people, you know, tell us, I know we have the book here, Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process, which how can people get that from you? This is available on, well, on Amazon, along with my other books. So uh, my book has uh, what we've been talking about today. It's got several other exercises and so forth. I have a lot of, uh, I have a YouTube channel that has a lot of videos on uh, tantric dating. Uh, some of my talks trying to bring tantric dating into the conventional world. Um, and actually some talks I, I give for pickup artists, the male pickup artists on becoming more tantric when they're trying to meet women. So you have my whole YouTube channel there. That's great. So I'm going to, so is it under your name? Because I'm going to spell your name because you, Catherine isn't always spelled the same way. So are you, um, is it under your name? Yes. Um, most my website and my YouTube channel and my Facebook, all of it, it's Catherine spelled with a C. C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. And my last name is spelled A-U-M-A-N. All right, great. So that's how they find you that way. And then tell us a little bit about your courses, the things that you are teaching, uh, not online, but but and maybe you're teaching them online too, but things that people could come to in person. Yeah, I'm doing a, a series of workshops in uh, Los Angeles, and I'm actually going to be up in uh, Seattle. Uh, later this year I teach the tantric dating workshop and I that's once a month at liberate Hollywood and then I do once a month in Santa Monica an opening to love series 
and that's free and everybody's welcome. Well, that's so awesome. Well, Catherine, I, you know, usually at this point in the show, I ask my, my guests if they have any other tips, but I feel like you've given a lot of tips. Is there anything that we left out that you might want to say? Because I feel like you covered the very basics, and I know that if we drill down, there's a whole lot more, and, you know, there's a whole lot more to it, like trusting your gut and the feelings of rejection. Is there any last piece that you'd like to give to my listeners? I guess I'd just like to say, Lori, that uh, as we study Tantra, as we get more into the body, as we open our hearts, we realize that love is everywhere. And we have been looking for it as if it's in the future or the past. And like all great spiritual teachers teach us, it's really right here, right now. How are we rejecting love in this moment? Because it's here. Okay, I'm taking a breath on that. Just everybody take a breath. (laughs) it's here it's here so true so good thank you thank you so much thanks for being my guest today and i love being on your show finding out how much we have in common (laughs) we do a lot so we didn't even know that when we met but (laughs) we do so everybody you know get yourself a copy of this book tantric dating um go online and get it especially or what i said earlier in the show Share this show with a friend of yours who's in, who's in need, someone who's lonely, who's, who's given up. So many people have given up on love. And, um, or buy them the book. You know, just uh, you don't have to wait till the holidays. Buy the person the book and give it to them and say this is an advanced birthday or Christmas present because some people need this. They really do need this. They need to hear this. And maybe they need to, to go out to L.A. and, and meet Catherine. So, Catherine, thank you once again. Thank you, Lori. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure, too. And um, and really refreshing, like refreshing, putting it all together in a refreshing way. So good. I'm, I'm thrilled. Everybody, tune in next time when I'll have another amazing guest on Sex and Happiness, something to make you sexier and happier, something to really add to your life. This is Laurie Handler signing off for Sex and Happiness. Thank you for being my listeners. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Laurie and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.